0: On today's episode, we've got next level keyword research, the latest on Amazon's handmade program, listing optimization must, and much more. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and in this show, we are going to be doing another best of everything episode. Basically, if you've missed our previous ones, what that is, is we're going to just give you little snippets of some of the best episodes you might have missed lately on the Serious Sellers Podcast, the AMPM Podcast, and our written blog on the website. And so you're going to just get the best of the best. Now, when it comes to selling on Amazon, something of a chicken and egg proposition, right? Should keywords come first, or is e-commerce success based on a great Amazon product? Now, in late 2020, there's a third pillar of Amazon selling success that shouldered itself into the conversation, pay-per-click advertising. All right, so we're going to talk about all three of these things, okay? Now, in the first episode, this is from a Serious Sellers podcast entitled how to do next level Amazon keyword research. I spoke in this episode about one way to use a test PPC listing in order to find keywords that you might otherwise have never found. One thing we did in the project X was a test listing, test PPC listing. We talked about this and we're like, all right, hey, We're not sure if there's enough demand here. So we're going to just like buy some from Etsy or get some samples from the supplier. We're going to throw it up at a really high price and a kind of terrible listing. And and then we're going to see, can we still get clicks? Can we even get purchases? You know, uh, what are the impressions? All right. Now, when you do that, guys, I highly suggest doing the same three campaign PPC approach that we have in ads, you know, our PPC tool, just as if it was a regular product. In other words, I'm going to do the proven campaign for those main keywords that I think are going to bring me the sales. All right. But I'm also going to do a broad campaign on maybe some short tail keywords and an auto campaign with maybe a low bid. Cause guess what? Amazon is going to start showing you for keywords that you didn't even realize could have been relevant for your product. All right, And every time I have run a test PPC listing, I find a lot of these keywords that I never would have found in like Cerebro or Magnet or my own research, why? Because they're like really super, super obscure tie-ins. But guess what guys, you wanna fill up your listing with keywords even if it only brings you like one sale a month, right? Even if it only brings you one sale a month, if you can get a hundred keywords like that, that only bring you one sale a month, hey, that's a hundred sales per month. When it comes to selling on Amazon, history is often a good thing. Here's a way to use Helium 10's keyword tracker, historical ranking filter to get a closer look at important keywords. Another thing here is keyword ranking history. Okay. So let's say, again, we're talking about those top 15 or 20 keywords that you found from your competitors and you're wondering, okay, how important is it for this product? All right. Now, again, brand analytics might give you part of the story. You know, if it was one of the top three, it'll show up there, but you know, by definition, you're not going to see all of the competitors there because again, it's only showing the top three clicks and we're talking about five, six competitors. And it's very well possible that, you know, that, you know, most of those uh, competitors weren't the top clicked. Right? So how would you do that in that case? Well, what I would do is I would add those competitors and those keywords into keyword tracker by helium 10. Here's the thing I can see as soon as I add it in, I can see the complete history usually of going a year or even more of where they were ranking for that keyword. So then I can look on helium 10 x-ray so I can see when that product was launched and then I could see their BSR history and their sales history. And then when they started really getting a lot of sales on that keyword, I can check cross check it with that keyword rank in the keyword tracker where they were on that day. So I could see which keywords that they just barely got to page one on which ones did that have an impact on their sales? I'm not exactly giving away state secrets when I say that most of us have had a little more quiet time at home lately. This next blog post details the way that increasing numbers of sellers are using Amazon Handmade to create a niche for themselves in e-commerce. In the post titled Amazon Handmade, crafting a business with handmade products, Helium 10's product manager, Marcus Patty writes about a literal cottage industry that may have come along at the perfect time.
1: More and more people are turning their hobbies and art into businesses every day. I see it all day long on social media and the many marketplaces online. There were over 45 million active Etsy buyers in 2019, double that amount from just five years ago with an annual revenue of over $800 million and growing every year. It's clear handcrafted products are here to stay. What starts for many artists is merely a quirky hobby now has the potential to become a viable business with a large and hungry audience. The current state of quarantine life has further fueled desires for many to look for a side hustle. Being stuck inside your home gives you a lot of time to think. Also, with so many industries being inadvertently upended due to the pandemic, more and more people are thinking about extra ways to earn income. Whatever the reason, there's been an explosion of people turning their crafts into real income. And with the rampant growth of e-commerce in the past several months, Amazon Handmade is the perfect place to showcase your handmade products. Now there's a few benefits that some people really might not realize when it comes to the Amazon Handmade category. It's a special part of Amazon Reserve just for artists and makers. It caters specifically to that audience in a few ways. Number one, you have a maker's profile with a custom URL and it's similar to a traditional brand storefront on Amazon. Number two, Amazon waives the $39.99 monthly fee that is typically associated with a professional selling account. Number three, fees are very simple. There is just a flat 15% referral fee for each sale. No transaction or processing fees. Number four, you can send your products into Amazon FBA. Number five, you can take advantage of Amazon's PPC platform and other promotional tools like running special coupons. Number six, you can also gain access to Amazon's brand registry once you have a trademark lastly number seven amazon handmade has its own dedicated support for most issues now there are just a few disadvantages to the amazon handmade market in my opinion number one a handmade listing will only index off the title and back end terms in the beginning yes you can index for other terms later through ppc number two technically there are no bullet points the description is in place of where the bullet points typically go you can use some simple HTML to have your description look like bullet points, but don't go crazy with the HTML and keep it simple and make sure you use Amazon's guidelines on HTML. Number three, the backend is very different. It allows for sellers to showcase their customization options of your listing, but variations aren't part of it. And what that means is if you have three different styles of a bracelet, for example, they have to be three different listings to most sellers in handmade. These differences are irrelevant. Now, a couple of frequently asked questions. I get this all the time about selling products in handmade. Number one, can you rank a handmade product for a keyword on page one of a main category? Example, beauty and personal care. Absolutely, Amazon does not suppress your listing simply because it's in the handmade category. You can get your product onto page one with your major keywords. Number two, can you ask people to leave a review for handmade products? Yes, you can ask buyers to leave a product review in the same compliant manner that Amazon allows you to do so. Using Helium 10's follow-up or our Seller Assistant Chrome extension helps semi-automate this process for you. And number three, does Helium 10 work with the handmade category? Absolutely. All of our tools are compatible with the market and handmade listings. As you can see, Amazon makes it very enticing for makers to get started on Amazon. Their goal is to make it easy for creatives to sign up and start selling quickly. In about 24 to 48 hours, you can have your account approved. Once your maker application is approved, you will only need to provide a few more pieces of information to complete the registration process and take your product live. You will be asked to enroll in a professional selling plan if you don't already have one. You also must set up your shop location and business name. Lastly, you'll be prompted to select the payment method and input a credit card number for identity verification. Once these things are completed, you will unlock the tools necessary to set up your first product listing, create your artisan profile, and finally start monetizing your creations. If you have a crafty side, enjoy making things and have traditionally sold them in your regional area, Amazon Handmade
0: is something to definitely look into. We've talked about keywords and choosing a good product. Another item that should be at the top of Amazon sellers' minds is listing optimization. In our next post entitled, why is listing optimization important? Helium 10's brand evangelist, Karen Thomas, makes it clear that this is one step you just don't want to skip.
2: Listing optimization is one of the best parts of the Amazon selling journey. It's where you can start making money from all of your hard work, if done correctly. You can have the most amazing product in the world, but if you're not using the right keywords, or if you have poor quality images, or weak sales copy, or just an overall sloppy looking listing, then it's going to be near impossible to get people to buy your product. Give your customers the best possible online shopping experience. Dazzle them with your professional looking product detail page. A fully optimized product listing often can mean the difference between success and failure. So what is listing optimization? Listing optimization is the process of enhancing every part of your product detail page for maximum sales. There are so many important components that go into creating and optimizing a winning product listing. Optimizing factors can include updating your keywords, then carefully selecting where you place them on the front end of your listing, the parts that customers see, and also on the back end of your listing, the parts that only Amazon sees and uses for their internal system. Not sure where to start with back-end keywords? No problem. Helium 10's keyword research tools take all the guesswork of the otherwise (laughs) tedious Excel sheet studying. Listing optimization can also include changing the text for better readability and overall engagement. Don't forget to improve your images and add product videos. This also means adding a custom a content page if you have brand registry. Having a fully optimized listing can help increase your keyword page rankings, increase your conversion rate, improve your PPC efficiency, create loyal customers, and so much more. Listing optimization is an essential part of the success of your business. So where do I start making improvements to a listing? Studies have shown that customers view an Amazon product listing from left to right and from the top down. So here are my recommendations for your listing optimization game plan. Step number one, keyword research. Make sure that you are using the best keywords in your listing and for your PPC campaigns. Use our Helium 10 keyword research tools, Cerebron Magnet, to extract both high traffic and hidden gem keywords hidden to most Amazon sellers. Step number two, customer research. Our Helium 10 review insights tool, Part of the free Chrome extension allows you to accurately and efficiently do in-depth research on what your customers like and what they don't like. This is a crucial step to understanding what you can do to be better and to be different from your competitors. It is so important to tailor the content in your listing to what your ideal customer is looking for. What does your customer want when they buy your product? What is the final result that they want to get or achieve from using your product? For example, people are not purchasing a drill. What they're really buying are the holes that the drill makes. Our Review Insights tool allows you to gain valuable knowledge that you would never find out by just doing keyword research alone. You can gather and sort this important information easily to strategically use it in some of the direct language inside your product listing. Step number three, title. Select your top three to five exact keyword phrases to place inside your title. Make sure that your title is easy to read and compelling enough for an interested buyer to click on your listing. Step number four, images. Get high quality images that show off your products in the best possible light. I recommend using a combination of premium product images, lifestyle images with models and props, as well as infographics that highlight special features, dimensions, different usage settings, and more. If you're serious about Amazon product photography, check out our recent Ultimate Product Photography Guide. The more that potential customers can imagine themselves using your product, the more likely they'll be to make an instant purchase. If they feel understood by your company, they may become loyal customers that share it with their friends and family. Step number 5. Video. Video is a powerful tool to sell your products. You have an opportunity to highlight what makes your product special. You can use text overlay to highlight the emotional benefits and practical features of your products. Use beautiful videography, settings, and engaging music to create an a overall cohesive brand voice and feel. Step number six, A plus content. If you have brand registry, this is an amazing perk that you will definitely want to take advantage of. Combine beautiful images, text, and graphics to take up more real estate on your product listing. This gives your listing a more premium branded look and feel that customers are more likely to trust and purchase from. Step number seven, bullet points and product description. Make your bullet points and product description sections fun, engaging, informative, and easy to read. This content should be compelling enough that your customers want to keep reading and then ultimately click that add to cart button. Our Helium 10 tool, Scribbles, allows you to write your entire listing with a sleek graphical interface that live tracks how many target keywords you have used, both individual and exact phrase form. It also allows you to import any competitor's listing from Amazon with just the click of a button. Seeing their keyword density and placement strategy gives you an invaluable advantage as an Amazon seller. You can even sort your keyword phrases by the highest number of customer searches each month. This tool makes it easy to know where to put your top priority keywords inside your title, the backend search terms, the subject matter fields, and also throughout your bullet points and product description. Step number eight, make sure you're indexed. After you finish writing your listing inside of Scribbles and upload your product information to your Seller Central account, you can use our Helium 10 Index Checker tool to make sure your top keywords are searchable or indexed for your listing. Listing Optimization Made Easy Here at Helium 10, everything we do every single day is to help you achieve success. If you would like to watch our full in-depth listing optimization workshop, go to www.optimizeyourlistings.com to learn more.
0: We've had a lot of fun with keyword research, handmade products, and image optimization. Now it's time to get serious. In this next AMPM podcast entitled Liability, Entitlement, and the Court of Bezos Legal Considerations for E-Com Businesses, Tim Jordan interviews Yal about the legal state of affairs in e-commerce. Sooner or later, it seems that everyone selling on Amazon finds themselves in some form of disagreement. It might be with a buyer or another seller, or it could be with Amazon itself. One thing that's for sure, the scales of justice aren't always calibrated equally in Amazon's giant e-commerce ecosystem. It's Amazon's marketplace, and they make the rules. That's why it's important that we pay close attention to Tim's latest guest. Most Amazon sellers know how important it is to have brand registry. But there's an important first step.
3: For example, one of the things I do all the time is to give lectures of how not to infringe patents, how not to infringe trademark, where you know where you look, uh, and how to search for a trademark before you, you you pick your brand. One of the 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 most the, the craziest issue that we see all the time is people choosing a brand. And then starting manufacturing uh, and then starting the whole process and getting reviews and everything. And then they want to get a trademark and they cannot get a trademark because it's taken. Um, and if they would would have searched at the beginning, if the trademark is taken or not, then uh, that wouldn't happen. And when that happened, it's, it's very difficult. They have to do it all over again. They cannot just change the brand today. Amazon doesn't allow it.
0: She says that in cases of trademark infringement, She can see immediately if an Amazon seller will be successful or not.
3: I always say I I can see if a person will succeed on Amazon or not. uh, Just by the first conversation I have with them when they infringe something. So, you know, you have like two types. One of them will say, oh, wow, what do I do now? And why did you know, how come I wasn't told on the course to do a search? And why isn't the guy responding to me? That's not right. Why? Why can't they remove their complaint? I didn't do that on purpose. And why? And why? And why? And then there are the the others who are the fighters. I call them. I know those will succeed on Amazon. Uh, When that happened, they're on it. So you know they search, and you know I asked them. Let Let's try to find a prior art. Maybe there was a patent. The patent wasn't shouldn't be registered so let's try together to find a prior publication and then they search and then we invalidate that patent and we fight together or we do not invalidate but then we go to the rights owner and we get you know we can negotiate because we have we have something to negotiate with right we can invalidate the patent if we want so there are many things that can be done
0: it's not always easy to follow the twists and turns of amazon's rule changes one thing is clear you need to pay attention to Amazon's warnings.
3: I think that Amazon is going to give, you know, give you a heads up. Um, if you're a seller that listens to notices, you'll see that very often they tell you, you know, once once they're suspended, clients tell me, oh yeah, you know what, I got I got a warning about that variation, and then I got it again. But you know, I I thought it's it's it was okay to just merge them again or to create a child that. Amazon told me not to create. So, you know, I I recreated it because Amazon didn't do anything, they didn't enforce. And so I did it again and again and again. So what if I got 25 notices, you know? <laughs> they never told me they're gonna suspend me forever.
0: It's sometimes difficult to remember a world without Amazon. When we think back to Amazon's beginnings, it's a shock to realize that it's only been 25 years. It's probably not gonna follow the same dramatic trajectory, but recently the Indian e-commerce market has been exploding with popularity. In a serious seller's podcast titled Growing Opportunity on Amazon, Bruin tells us what it's like to be a part of an emerging e-commerce economy, how India is able to source the majority of their products locally, and talk about PPC keywords costs of only 10 cents. To make sure you're paying attention, here's a little fact. People, you know, uh, I think don't realize how in the last you know, year or so, especially the you know, Indian market is really blowing up. But yeah. just, just to like, let everybody have a wow, first of all, what are your projected sales here in 2020 for Amazon India? Like if you were to translate it to US dollars?
4: Um, if we want to translate to US dollars, so I am hoping to do around 4 million in uh, 2020
0: brune says that when selling in india you first need to adjust your selling model
4: we are a consuming uh, country we are a young young population country so so categories like you know fashion categories like home improvement categories like kitchen all those sort of categories uh, are doing are doing very very well in india but at the same time you cannot expect to you know make 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 triple or four times of uh, money after your cost when you sell in India you can you can you can plan the volumes like right? I want to sell hundred thousand units or a million units but you cannot say but but you cannot say that I, I will make 200 percent profit on us on one sale that's how that's how Indian ecosystem is there and the competition is uh, very very tough. It is not. It is not that you are uh, unlikely to sell anything. You are very likely to sell anything if you give innovation. If you if you give give more value than your price, so you are definitely going to succeed.
0: Now, if that sounds like a lot to process, here's something that I know Amazon sellers will like.
4: You will, you will find it very funny that you know, uh, the 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 spend the the, the paper click uh, sorry the cost per click you know is hardly. Uh, 5 to 6 cents that we work on in india and and on and oh did you
0: say 5 or 6 cents
4: 5 to 6 cents yes oh my god <laughs> and for and for some popular keywords it's uh, 10 12 cents and some very popular keywords you know the highest i have paid today is 50 cents
0: it's important to understand that while indians might speak english it's still a very different way of life with corresponding e-commerce differences
4: India is a market, you know, where you require where you require a lot of compliances to get going, you know. So if you're sitting in US and if you have any local compliance and you're not available locally in India, it's not. Uh, difficult but it's also not as easy as it is in Europe or USA to get those compliances sorted without you being available here locally so my uh, suggestions to American or European sellers would be to come to India and partner with a company who's already there uh, in e-commerce uh, marketplace and have a have a, have a, have an exclusive sort of arrangement and could it could be like you know you could you could uh, partner you could invest in that company and then together you are selling the product uh, and doing it or you can make that company a distributor of your products who is uh, who has been authorized to sell your products exclusively in india and you can take care of your brand building, your 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 advertising and everything, and he can take care of fulfilling. Or you can have a fulfillment partner here in India who only does fulfillment for you and uh, things like that. Here's
0: a great bit of news for those selling in India. As of this week, you know, we haven't made some big announcement yet because it's still kind of in beta and we're just testing things out, but, but uh, we have functionality in a lot of our tools now for Amazon India, for those who are already selling on Amazon India, and for those interested, you know, Helium 10 Profits works, uh, Refund Genie, Keyword Tracker, all the five tools in Black Box, Cerebro, Magnet, Index Checker, list goes on and on, guys. We, uh, by popular demand, we have launched the products. One of the truly great things about selling on Amazon is the way that it allows people to not stop living their lives in order to start making money online. That's particularly true when it comes to those women out there who are also raising children. In this next blog post titled, Why Moms Have the Competitive Edge on Amazon, seven-figure Amazon seller and rockstar mom Ann Ferris have some lessons from the school of motherhood.
2: Kids, it's lucky they're cute. Being a mom is the best, most fulfilling, and hardest job on the planet. And if you're a single mom, well, you never even get to shower alone. But we have an advantage in business and in life. I always say no one fights like a mom. We are mama lions. We might be kind and sweet, but if our children are struggling, we roar. We would do literally anything to make our children's lives better. If you can channel some of that mama lion energy into your business, you can leave the guys in the dust. I'm going to share my experience as a single mompreneur and how I channeled my mama instincts into my Amazon business in order to scale to seven figures on Amazon in 18 months. I'm going to share my strategies for gaining the competitive advantage along with time management and mindset tips. Find your why. To give you a little snapshot of what Amazon has done for my family, just three years ago, my daughter was born. We had no money. And we were relying on help from my parents. It was embarrassing and soul-destroying to be 35 with two children and having to ask my mom for help. A year later, when my daughter was one years old and my son was two and a half, their father and I separated. I had to manage my kids and two businesses by myself. This year for Mother's Day in Costa Rica on August 15th, I chartered a yacht for me and the kids and some friends. I have money saved for school, travel, and security. So, was it worth all the hard work? Yes. My ex and I were really struggling financially when I was pregnant with our second child. Our son was only one year old. I found out a friend sold on Amazon and something clicked. I thought, I can do this. We live in Costa Rica, so the ability to run the business remotely was key. I asked my mom for a loan and said to her, I can't live like this anymore. I know I can make this Amazon thing work, and if I don't, I give up. I'll move home to Chicago and get a real job. I started learning about Amazon when my son was one and I was pregnant with my daughter. To say I had no time or energy was an understatement, but I decided and committed 100% to do whatever it took to succeed. Why? Why? Because I am a mother and I will do whatever it takes to provide for and build a better life for my children, just like you. The key is mindset. Tony Robbins says that business is 80% psychology and 20% mechanics. You have to decide with full certainty that you will be successful and you will do whatever it takes to succeed. Think about being able to stay home with them and work on your schedule so you never miss an important moment with them. Get clear on your why and focus on that motivation deep down in your gut and the rest will all fall into place. Roar! Build your community and your brand. These days, the best way to build a strong business that has consistent sales and raving fans who leave great reviews is to build a brand. Branding is my favorite part of the job. It's where you get to write your story and flex your creative muscles. It's also where I personally believe that women And mothers in particular have a big advantage. We are nurturers and communicators. All all great brands have a great story. People buy emotionally. If you can tap into your customers' emotions, they will choose you over the competition every time. So if you sell baby products, for example, instead of listing the features and specs of your products, show how using your products will bring them closer to their baby or make their child feel good or help their child be happier healthier. As women, we have a unique ability to be empathetic. Think about your customer, who are they? What makes them the most happy? What are they afraid of? And then tell the story of how your brand and your product can help them to feel better or can help their kids feel better. Once you have your brand story and key selling points, build raving fans by providing amazing customer service and building an online community. I personally do all of my customer service because I love connecting with my customers. I sell to mothers, and in case you can't tell, I love moms. I got clear on my mission in life and channeled that into my business. Time management. I am disorganized, and I have no set schedule. Time management has always been a challenge for me. But the best thing about having an Amazon business is that you can work when you want. I might work five hours in a day, but that could be two hours in the morning, one hour at nap time, and two hours at night. It's not so much about figuring out when you will work the key is deciding that you will do what you have to do no matter what kids nap work time kids don't nap might be a late night but you can do it this business has allowed me to stay home with my kids i didn't miss first words first steps first days of school if they feel sick i'm home with them no school during the pandemic no problem i'm home although I might be going crazy and dying for school to start. Doesn't that sound like a dream? It is. So go ahead and dive in, get started, commit. I can promise you that if you work hard and put your mama-lying effort into this business, the reward is more time with your kids. And that, my sisters, is priceless.
0: That last blog post took us across the globe. In this next Serious Sellers podcast titled Launch Strategies for Amazon, Shopify, and Walmart, We travel to a different part of the e-commerce world, but without leaving the country. One of the things that's so exciting about Amazon's selling ecosystem is the freedom it offers. Not only does it allow sellers to sell the product they want and keep the hours that work for them, there's no age requirement. Amazon's marketplace doesn't know or care how old you are. Our next seven-figure selling guest is proof of that. Michael has made e-commerce his personal playground. Selling on Shopify? Check. How about six figures on walmart.com? Check. He's now set his sights on Amazon Canada and target.com. Here's what Michael has to say about getting started on Walmart.
5: Walmart's just a great selling experience. Um, They, you know, really nice. their sellers. They work well with you. One of our products did really well on Walmart. So Walmart 3P Marketplace, so Walmart DSV, which is their their like walmart.com buying group, reached out to us and buys inventory directly from us to sell there. So it's kind of like, in a way, vendor essential, but it's just, this Walmart's just easier to deal with. Um, so we grew on to there too. And I'm hoping that if our products do well, keep doing well on walmart.com, um, a Walmart buyer picks it up.
0: What about Shopify?
5: You always should just, ha- you should have a Shopify site up. Like I was bl- always a believer, like you're selling product, you might as well build a brand out of it, you know, and um, just having a Shopify store there, um, even if it's not great in the beginning, you'll build on it, you know, instead of something super simple, you could put up in night and then Just build on it if you're seeing success.
0: Selling on Amazon is often referred to as a laptop lifestyle. Michael says that sometimes it's crucial that he puts his laptop away and he reaches out to develop human partnerships.
5: I'm really focusing on this one main brand where we're putting most of the focus in, um, really growing that for the next four to five months and having a nice exit there and keeping that cash as reserve for when I find good investment opportunities. Um, is what my plan is there and keep the company I'm with my brother alive because we still have some other small brands and just grow those and maybe use the capital to like start another brand very similar. Um, but most of my time and focus is going right now with, with um, two other very successful um, uh, Amazon sellers, which are my partners, one which has been a top 50 seller for over 15 years, I think, and one which had the number one product on Amazon for two years. Um, really, we've been building this amazing company where we're trying to build these amazing brands, and that's where my focus has been going right now. It's 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 very different business model, and you know, learning more, you know, working with peep with people a lot, um, you know, working more with people as opposed to just sitting on your laptop working yourself.
0: When selling a product on Amazon or searching for the right keyword, it's usually a question of finding the sweet spot. Michael says that using influencers in his marketing program also involves finding that perfect middle
5: ground. We've been working with a ton of micro influencers, sending them product, and in return, getting them like um, UGC, which we use for ads. But
0: then, what's that stand for?
5: Um, a user generated content. So getting them to like send okay. us videos of using the product, pictures, and then we'll use those for actually paid ads. But we'll also um, get them to share their pro- share, share on their stories, and we'll make them like an affiliate link where they could promote, uh, you know, they could promote and they can make a um, percentage of sale and give their followers. And a lot of, they're very open to work with you, um, these micro-influencers. So we've just been hiring- a well, team
0: What team. do you consider micro-influencer? Like, like from what to what number of followers?
5: Really like 10 to 50 is the ideal sweet spot. You could still get people. I still count on- 10 to
0: 50,000.
5: Yeah, under a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. I still kind of count as a micro-influencer, but they're harder to work with once they get over 50, you know, ego gets pushed up a bit.
0: A couple months ago, Amazon dropped the bombshell that in Q3 and Q4, there would be inventory restrictions on replenishment for existing items and initial inventory for brand new items. This has dominated the Amazon news cycle for the last few weeks, as many sellers have been worried about how they would be able to deal with these restrictions. In this next blog post titled, Good news for those worried about inventory restrictions in Q3 and Q4, I wrote about how there's a light at the end of the tunnel. As soon as this original announcement was made, I decided to launch a new case study product I had been preparing. I figured it would be a perfect chance to see what factors would affect that quantity 200 limitation on brand new products. I'm fairly certain that there's no exact formula that any of us can use in order to calculate the inventory limitations. Amazon themselves say that it's based in part on the current warehouse storage capacity of warehouses. Now that's a metric no one has access to. How long does it take to increase a 200 limit? Now, many were afraid that it might take a month or longer for Amazon to increase the storage limits on a new item or even require certain high sales velocity for that 200 to be increased. The first FBA sale for this newly launched product was on July 21st. Now, over the first week, it sold a whopping 21 units, an average of three per day. Theoretically speaking, my monthly sales volume would also have been 21 since this was the entirety of my sales. Sales picked up slightly in week two of this product, a total of 24 units went out. So now my new running total for the month was 55 units. Now the third week of sales is where things get interesting. On day 15, since that first order from FBA, Amazon increased the limits. This is despite averaging a measly three to four units a day of sales in the first couple of weeks. But now on the first day of my third week, that limit jumped up to 262. Here's where it gets even more interesting. Sales actually went down the first few days of week three, with only an average of two sales a day. However, despite that, on day 19 of the product's existence, the inventory limit jumped up again to 306. Two days later, it jumped up again, this time to 436. That's more than double the initial quantity 200 limit. As I mentioned, you cannot just take my sales numbers and try to say that once you hit 76 sales, you're going to get your limit doubled. No, it seems to vary for different products and change based on the inventory situation at Amazon's warehouses. A few more things I've never seen before from Amazon. For another product, I was looking at a family member's account. I noticed something super strange on a product I had just sent into FBA the previous week. All right? The status was active on a product that had Zero inventory, not only zero on hand, it was zero reserved inventory. Say what? Now I know sometimes listings will go active when a product is barely checked into FBA's warehouses, and even though it might not be available for a few days. Right. But I hadn't seen this before where it wasn't even on the reserved column yet, but it was still showing active. Now, the first thing I did was check, have the product been delivered to Amazon. These three units were sent via UPS. Surprisingly, the, the product hadn't even been delivered to the Amazon Stockton warehouse yet. That was pretty optimistic of Amazon to make something live, even though it hadn't been delivered yet, let alone checked in, especially to the Stockton warehouse where individuals had been seeing check-in delays of up to three to four weeks at that time. So just to make sure I hadn't lost my mind, I went to the Amazon listing itself on amazon.com to see if it was really showing it's active and available to buy. Sure enough, there it was. It was showing it was active, but there was good and bad news. The good news was that, yes, Amazon was making the product available with a prime buy box. But the bad news, the delivery date was showing September 24th, way back in July. All right. So obviously that would not have been very attractive to a buyer at that time. I had never seen an in-stock Head Start apply to something that hadn't even arrived to Amazon yet. To the Stockton warehouse from the same account, there were maybe 10 other shipments sent over there in the last month, and none of them got this head start. As a matter of fact, inventory was sitting there at this warehouse without being checked in for up to four weeks. So, so my theory was that Amazon was just being super conservative with their estimates of when the product is going to be in stock. And I was almost positive that it would become available much earlier. And, and sure enough, it did. It actually became available just the following week. At that point, though, what I did was I actually closed the FBA listing. All right, because I preferred that people buy from the FBM, the Fulfilled by Merchant SKU that could be shipped out immediately. The last thing I wanted was somebody to buy something prime and then have buyer's remorse seeing that fine print that it might not be delivered for another month. So that might be something that I haven't seen too much lately, but keep in mind, it could be one of these tests that Amazon does and you might wanna be watching that to make sure you can switch over to your Fulfilled by Merchant listing as well. Last up today is an AMPM podcast episode titled From Hobby to Business, How This Guest Was Forced to Sink or Swim When Life Threw a Curveball. In this one, Tim Jordan speaks with Jessica Zimmerman, a seven-figure wedding expert turned into an e-commerce educator who has a very powerful story of what it's like to deal with life's curveballs. After her husband contracted a mysterious illness, she was forced to do something that she'd never done before, take her business seriously. Here's a brief taste of what Jessica has on her mind.
6: We're going to talk about um, confidence. Okay. We're going to talk about um, health. And we're going to talk about success.
0: We all have heard different cliches about what it takes to have success in business.
6: I believed the myth that you work your, your tail off for five years. You don't pay yourself a dime. Yep. And if yep. you can make it to the five-year mark... Everything's good. And to me, I really believed that. Like I really thought that there was some kind of, um, like it was a race and that every year was a lap. And if I can just make it five laps, then when I cross that finish line after the fifth lap, that all of a sudden there's gonna be like some prize at the end that goes, you earned it. Now here's the money.
0: After her husband contracted a mysterious illness and was unable to work, Jessica was forced to turn her hobby into a real business.
6: My husband then gets ill, this mysterious illness that no one can diagnose. I know that any day he's going to lose his job. It's not a matter of him not being a good employee. If you, I just knew as a businesswoman, if you can't show up for work, they can't, they can't afford to keep you on. And so I just was like, I've got to figure out how to do this. Like, Not just take care of me, but take care of a family of five. And so um, I got really serious about how to turn this hobby business into a business. And I studied everything that I could about successful businesses. I took out a $100,000 loan and I hired um, financial advisors. I hired CPAs. I hired attorneys. I hired um, consultants. And I went to workshops I read every book that I could, listened to podcasts just about the habits of successful people, and I basically built the foundation of my business. And once I did that, um, which it's not difficult, it's not easy, but it's simple.
0: We all know how easy it is to get stuck running our businesses without a clear 10,000-foot view of how it's actually functioning.
6: The problem is, as entrepreneurs, and especially as beginning entrepreneurs, we're so in it And we're usually doing it solo that we don't um, take the time to step away. We have to, have to, have to have a moment where we step away from our business to work on our business. Because if we're constantly in our business, it's like being on a hamster wheel that doesn't stop. Mm
2: -hmm. You
6: have to stop the hamster wheel. You have to step off of it and you have to look and go What's actually happening? But I think so many people are scared to do that. They're afraid they're gonna lose clients or they're gonna lose an opportunity. When in reality, I took off about six months to do that. Um, i was still working, but I like made time every day to work on these things. And um, in my business, I mean, it was, I mean, I went from bringing home zero money to after a year, bringing home six figures.
0: Life and selling on Amazon frequently involves finding a good balance.
6: I learned um, that I was, ba- I basically lived a life off of adrenaline. I gained, you know, 20 pounds. I had to basically stop and restart my life and realize that I had been neglectful. Um, that uh, it, it, And there's a way, I mean, there was so much good that came out of it, but there was a lot of lessons that I had to learn. And I think to answer your question about the boundaries, the way I like to answer that is if you look up um, the word balance in the dictionary, um, I hate it when people say like balance is a unicorn. It doesn't exist. It does exist. Balance is equal parts distribution and weight. And And in order to feel upright and steady, that's what the definition is. So. Your parts don't necessarily have to be equal but I like to look at it at what makes you feel upright and steady. And for some women working more than they're at home with their children makes them feel upright and steady. That's who they are. That's who they were born to be. They were meant to work and there's nothing to be, to feel shameful about that at all. Um, for some women, they don't want to work outside the home and they want to be at home. And that makes them feel more upright and steady and more of who they are. And they need to own that. There are times where I, hustle really hard. And I, and I, I almost don't like this whole culture that's been created by entrepreneurs. It's like, stop hustling. It'll all come. It's like, it's not true either. Like you have to hustle a little bit.
0: All right, guys, that's it for this best of episode. Don't forget, if you want to, you know, maybe hear the entire episodes, go back, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcasts and take out one of those episodes. And don't forget to leave us a review. If you liked any of these episodes, And also the AMPM podcast, that's a separate podcast. You can also see that right here on your Spotify or Apple podcast player or going to ampmpodcast.com. And we have video versions of the AMPM podcast on YouTube. If you would like to see video versions of the Serious Sellers podcast, make sure to let us know. Send a message to support at helium10.com and and they'll get that message to me. For the blogs, that's just a fraction of the great blogs that we have. Don't forget that you can see those at helium10.com forward slash blog. I hope you guys are having a great Q4 so far. We'll see you on the next episode. If you'd like to reach out to me
4: directly, don't forget to do that on Instagram at h10bradley.